Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So to continue with our GMing 101 thing, I will finally get it Yay, towards GMing. the end. I'll finally get it when there's like seven episodes left and we're halfway through it. Or worse. Three. Three. <laughs> is the, uh, to finish our cam- the elements of the campaign, we're going to be building the campaign this time. Yeah, let's talk about building a campaign. So... To build a campaign, it's not just the elements of a campaign. you got to actually kind of write stuff down. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to start with is in building a campaign, we're going to talk about the genre. So in this case, it's going to be mystery. It's going to be alt history. And that rhymes. And it's going to (laughs) be all your genres have to rhyme if you're going to blend. No, that's not true. So it's going to be mystery, alt history. And I'm going to say in this case, it's going to be science fiction. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Now back to all the things we've been talking about. At that point, I have my genre. So now I'm going to pick my game. So in this case, I'm going to say we're going to run a GURPS game because in my opinion, that would make the most sense to run. For a mystery, it would. For a, well, a mystery, alt history, and sci-fi. Mystery and alt history would give you a GURPS. If it was just something else well, with sci-fi, that would be probably like a shadow run. Could be, depending. Depending. Oh, we could run it in a shadow run if we wanted. Because you could mm-hmm. run a mystery, alt history, and that in a shadow run. I just don't want to deal with like net the net. I yes. don't want to have to deal with the internet. So, so, so GURPS is your is your better way to go. I'm going to go with GURPS. Now, if I didn't mind having like rigors and all anything else, then I would be like, well, let's just run it in in shadow run. That's fine. Because there was that uh, in the Shadowrun video game. You had a green, you had, you had a Jack the Ripper. We had a Jack the Ripper story there. So, I mean, you could run it totally fine. But here's what we're going to do. So we're going to run it in a GURPS game. Cool. I'm going to choose a number of points for my players. I'm going to say, hey, you guys are cool and coolly epic. So just pick 200, uh, 250 points and 125 points of flaws. Cool. I'm not going to go any more than GURPS than that, other than hopefully that intrigues you to go look at what GURPS has, figure out what 250 points really means. That said, it's got a cool point system where you can, you know, if you're used to a D&D and, uh, you know, you're kind of just choosing what, what you're given. With GURPS, you don't really have classes per se. You get a number of points and you can build your own class. So somebody there could build a Sherlock Holmesian character. Somebody there could build like a, um, somebody from like Peaky Blinder, Pinky Blinder, Peaky Blinders, can't talk type of personality. They could be kind of like a mob boss area. They could do anything they want with it and build their own little character. And all of those would be fine mm-hmm. to build. Cool. So now, We've done our game, so we're going to figure out now what the elements are. So I need to build out a character, and I don't mean by stats. I mean by storyline. I'm going to have to figure out the villain's motivation. We talked about a little bit. We're going to have a woman who's framing one of her colleagues because he – I'm just going to put it this way. I used to work in a hospital, and the doctors that I worked with were a little, let's say, proud. And so she has three or four doctors that she works with that they treat her like she's an underling because she's only a registered nurse. And even though she has more years of experience in medicine than they do, they have more education and they get paid more. So for whatever reason, she kind of has a screw go loose. Let's say that she lost a baby. And because she lost a baby, it kind of twisted some stuff inside of her. And now she's wanting revenge on the nurses that were that basically were in charge of her care when she lost said baby. It's at a different hospital. And but she's worked with two or three of these other doctors at this different hospital, and they've always looked down on her for it. 
So as soon as she left that hospital, moved to another hospital, one or two years later, she kicks in her thing. Mm -hmm. She starts stalking these nurses that let her child die. That's how she sees it. No one could have done anything. And she reenacts kind of the Jack the Ripper murders on them. And she decides to make the holes in the body larger to remove certain organs on the inside. But she makes them large enough that it looks like a man of at least six foot tall has to have a hole that big to be able to do what he's doing. In reality, she doesn't need a hole that big, but she makes sure it's that big so that she can frame these other people. Mm-hmm. And she starts taking in, let's say that um, one of the doctors that she didn't like was a cardiologist. Let's say that she always takes the heart out of the victim. Yeah. Okay. So two or three of the doctors are cardiologists, something like that. And she's doing this because she worked on the cardiology ward and that's what she's doing. So it's trying to implicate these doctors. And then she starts, she's stolen things over the years with their fingerprints on it. And she's leaving those like in the bodies of the people that she's killing. She's replicating the fingerprints and putting them on things at the scene. Right, that too, right? So she's got all this because it's sci-fi. So she, so fingerprint technology is not as viewed as highly anymore, but she's also like EMP in the area before she goes in. So any kind of cameras in the area just kind of fizzle out. She carries out the murder and then she leaves enough evidence to kind of implicate all three of the doctors. Like maybe there's like this group effort going on and that's kind of how she views herself winning this whole thing, like kind of exacting her revenge on both the doctors who looked that down on her and also exacting her revenge on the, on the nurses. nurses that let her child die. So in that regard, we've just built out the entire villain's profile. Okay. And I would write that down. So now the next step to build a campaign, because this is what we're talking about, is I would like to figure out um, kind of the subplots for the whole thing. So the players aren't going to get involved until the beginning of act one. But by that point, there have been three murders. Okay. And the players get brought in. And I'll tell the players, like, hey, you're going to be playing this kind of a detective thing. Now, you're going to be playing, like, old school detectives. So it's okay if you guys have some brawling. It's okay if you guys are a little bit more. Like, the police were just, well, they wouldn't have been, right? It's not old school because it's in the future. But it's kind of one of these things, like, just think about it from a, what does the police officer of the future need to look like? Right? So they're going to have a lot of skills in being able to, you know, have some beat down, you know, technology and, and uh, skills. And so I need a mix of investigative and fighting. Yeah. So we're going to have a mix. And so what's going to happen then is uh, act one, and we're talking about the acts in literally the next tomorrow, but um, the subplots of this, I would like to plan out in my campaign. So the first part is them just finding out or being assigned to the case. And there've already been three murders. Three more murders will happen in that act. And they can't catch the woman doing it because they don't have, they're just now just gathering enough clues. Okay. Maybe just two murders and two murders. You know, I mean, how, how big could have the staff been that she's going after for goodness sake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe she's taking on anybody there. Like maybe she also kills the OBGYNs and the other stuff that helped her. Like she just kills everybody that she ever dealt like everybody that she ever came in contact it, it with. It could also be as the, uh, the more that she keeps doing this, she sees that the doctors aren't getting framed. So now she's just, she's targeting, just targeting anybody, targeting anybody in the medical field that would be enough okay. to link them. I like that. So Act Two looks like she's already killed all of the people she wanted to take revenge on, but the the police are dumb, and they're not arresting the three people she's been laying traps for. So she starts just killing random medical people 
in the in the in the uh, like following them home from the office from the hospital and and taking them out and doing the same things. So maybe Act Two is well, we thought we had a lead, but now it's just like these random people. What in the world? Which cloudies the thing. And maybe she kills three more people there. And then maybe in Act Three, she ends up taking one of the three doctors' lives. She like ups the game. Because nobody's doing it for her, so she has to do it herself to enact yep. her vengeance. And then literally, like, you know, leaving a note, like, Fred was here, you know? <laughs> Dr. And Johnson was here. That's actually a good you know? thing. <laughs> the longer that the police don't know what's going on, she's getting more overt with her clues. Yes. Which is not what you do if you're trying to hide it as. Which makes the players think, oh, wait, why are these clues getting, like... I mean, like, why are you spray painting your name and your social security number on the wall behind the victim in their own blood or whatever? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Why? You know, <laughs> why is the cardiologist leaving a literally his business card in the, <laughs> inside the chest cavity yeah, of the right. victim? <laughs> right. Right. Do you need a heart? Call so-and-so. I mean, like, really? Anyway, which, I mean, again, a little bit of morbid humor there. Um, kind of gets maybe you see where we come from. Um, we're both him and I are both the type of people that are watch a lot of the true crime stuff and, and eat dinner at the same time. Well, making and jokes about it because sometimes making jokes about it. <laughs> okay, we're not callous toward the victims, but the the people doing it are kind of dumb. All right, that's said, or against the murderers on why they did something. And I was like, why did you leave them? Okay, might as well just turn yourself in then. So at that point, you're like, so that's what she does is she just keeps going crazy and crazier. So act one is she's killed all the, the players get involved, but she kills the other three nurses. Act two, she starts killing random people because she's already, you know, because no one's getting, figuring it out. Act three, she starts killing one of the three doctors she, she doesn't like. And then the players need to figure it out, confront her and then decide what they're doing. Now, of course, since it's in the future, she could have certain cybernetics that she's in, you know, she's gotten a hold of illegally to boost strength, boost other things. I mean, there's all sorts of cool stuff you can do with it. We're not going to handle it here. But the point is, by Act 3, you want to start coming up with stats for your big bad. And you want to make them at least two to three level levels higher than your player group, which could sound really crazy that like somehow, and that sounds nuts, like levels. But in GURPS, you don't really have levels, you just have points. And so it's not as drastic if you're playing D&D when you think about this to think, how did a nurse get to be level 18 with my level 15 players? That makes no sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense. You're right. But by her killing all these people, she's actually gaining a ton of experience points because of how she's doing it. Well, also because so she's so, so, so basically involved with this now. This is occupying her life. It's her job. Does a cybernetic or something where this hand becomes this giant blade causes her to be able to kill quicker. Right. So now she's just seeing how can she keep this going as much as possible and trying to get her, her revenge. She's, she's, she's obsessed and loving this. And would do anything. Exactly. So by the third act, though, you need to come up with her stats. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, we've built a campaign. We've come up with the villains. Um we come up with the the genre. We've come up with the game system we're going to use. We've come up with the storyline. We've come up with the villain's motivation. We've come up with Act 1 and how the players get involved and what's happened beforehand. We've come up with Act 2 and what's going to happen in Act 2. We've come up with Act 3 and what's going to happen in Act 3. Now, of course, the big conflict will be they find her. Mm-hmm. Now, the cool part about this is for a villain to be worth their salt, you need to reveal why they're a villain. So she has to reveal things like, hey, they killed my daughter. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just supposed to let that go? And you're like, okay, and depending on how she describes it, now describe it not as what happened, but describe it through her eyes. What, like, they maliciously set out to kill her daughter. Yeah. And they did it. And she's a nurse. Sprinkle in medical knowledge. Yeah. Sprinkle in what she would have done in that case to save that child that they didn't. They and didn't it's do it. malicious because they didn't do it that way. Exactly. And I worked with them and they always talked behind my back. And I knew that they just did this. Paint her the victim. Yeah. Because the worst villains in terms of like story wise are villains like Thanos. His act of what she, he, he's wanting to save the speed. He's save, wanting to save, save the universes. But by killing half of the plant, half, yeah. half of all of it, it's a noble deed until you look at what he wants to do. No villain should be evil. A villain should be like good in their own eyes, right? Or even in the eyes of your players until they took action. Right. Yeah. What you what happened to you as a grievous and you probably should have just taken them to court or, you know, filed the medical malpractice and taken mm-hmm. them to court, like not like hunt them down and make their children orphans and you know what I mean? Th- those sorts of things. So but you wanted her story at this end to be so grievous that your players have a, a second thought and then they have the opportunity to well, do we do we arrest her? Do we kill her? Do we and she could have some pretty dangerous cybernetics that make it really tough to like put her down without like burying her. Mm-hmm. You know? And that makes it fun because now it's like, well, I do feel pity for this person, but this person is, first of all, incredibly dangerous and not in the right mind. Yep. The only way to take her down is to kill her. I well, can't rest maybe her not. peacefully. Maybe not. But maybe. maybe that's the charge, right? I have to. I need to, to be better than her. We need to arrest her. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. At the end of the day, the conflict should not be kill the kill the villain, right? Mm-hmm. Pretend, pretend for a second that Batman's there. So Batman's got to take Bane out. Okay. Bane's like seven times my size. Yep. And he's juiced up too. Great. Always slash his cord because he never has it in a cut resistant shirt. What is up with that? But anyway, the point is you got to, you know, sometimes your players are Batman, right? They can't just kill everything. And then you have a conclusion set Mm -hmm. up. Nice thing is if your players are like Batman, then crazy nurse lady might come back in another campaign. Yep. So anyway, for that, we are going to leave you today. See you tomorrow. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.